Hey guys, Leighton and Tampa. Excited after the win over the Raiders. Um, just another dominating ending of the game and can't wait for our continued uh, success throughout the year. Um, defense, uh, DBs need to just focus a little more and just work on technique, but I think they'll get it and we'll just continue to roll. As always, go Bucks. Have a great night, guys. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. I am James Yarko flying solo today, but check out everything my co-host David Harrison and I are doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Lots of questions surrounding Mike Evans following a second straight game where he did not get a lot of targets nor receptions. And that is your Tampa Bay Buccaneers lead story from Locked on Bucks. Mike Evans finished the game against the Las Vegas Raiders with just two receptions. And it's the second week in a row that he's had a minimal impact in the game. There's a lot of speculation that Mike Evans is unhappy, though I don't believe that is the case. Head coach Bruce Arians was asked about Mike Evans not getting a lot of targets throughout the game and battling through this ankle injury that he sustained just a few weeks ago. Yeah, Mike's the ultimate pro. I mean, uh, he is he's a warrior. I mean, he shouldn't have, probably should never played in Chicago, but he I'd had to beat he'd have beat me up, but I'd had I had to fight him to keep him off the field. That's just the kind of guy he is and uh, you know, going through the roller decks over there on the sideline trying to like, how the heck are we going to get this guy a target? You know, we put him in the middle of the field, we put him outside, and uh, finally we, we broke loose and got him a couple. He got a couple of PIs against him also, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we're trying to target him as much as possible, but we got to do a better job of it also. But I think in the four wides, now that he's inside, we can get him some more balls. Adding Antonio Brown to the mix will certainly add another level of difficulty in finding Mike Evans. But as Tom Brady continues to get more comfortable in this offense, we are starting to see more and more that Brady's favorite target is the open one with defenses focusing on how to play Mike Evans and try to eliminate him from the game, covering him with multiple defenders. It makes sense for Brady to look for guys like Chris Godwin, second-year player Scotty Miller, Justin Watson, getting that connection with Rob Gronkowski going again. And in a couple of weeks, Antonio Brown will be folded into the mix. Mike Evans' streak of a 1,000 yards receiving every year since he joined the NFL is certainly in danger. But for a player that has not made the postseason at any point in his career, I don't think the personal accolades are going to matter very much if the Buccaneers are able to get into the playoffs and compete 
for a Super Bowl championship. Speaking of Antonio Brown, head coach Bruce Arians was asked about Brown's imminent arrival and if Brown's experience in Bruce Arians' offense is going to help him acclimate to what's happening in Tampa Bay. Head coach Bruce Arians said, quote, I think some route concepts and things like that, but when I left, they changed the terminology in Pittsburgh for all those years that he played. So it'll be pretty much ground zero with him other than the route tree, how we run routes and things like that. It'll be a big adjustment for him, but we'll get him up to speed, close quote. Antonio Brown has not played in the NFL since week two of the 2019 season when he played for the New England Patriots with fellow Buccaneers Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, but he is eligible to rejoin the team in week nine when they are going to face off with division rival New Orleans Saints. Coming up in just a minute, we are going to get to more of your voicemails, and I will give my thoughts, or at least part of my thoughts, on the signing of Antonio Brown, since I have not done so on this show as of yet. But first, of course, we have to do a little bit of housekeeping, and that is starting off with a shout out to our friends at Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi's here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. I'm currently recording this show right before Monday Night Football. As soon as I'm done, going upstairs, turning on the football game, eating a Philly cheesesteak, and washing it down with a delicious Pepsi. Pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content for Pepsi. Pepsi, made for football watching. Also, need to give a shout out to our friends over at rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do. Rockauto.com is for everyone and does not require membership or account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know We sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. It's a Tuesday edition here of the Locked On Bucks podcast, and we are taking a few more of your voicemails here as I navigate through this solo episode, David Harrison, with a much-deserved night off, especially after he jumped on and gave you all a bonus episode about the Antonio Brown signing. I will get to my thoughts on that in segment three but first we have ourselves a voicemail from our good buddy Yusef. hey guys this is Yusef out here in phoenix um can we just stop with the tom brady is washed up he can't throw the ball he doesn't have the arm strength anymore um just the national media just it seems like week after week you get you get people like that they'll say stuff like that but 
this win was great. Um, it feels good. Um, offense was humming. Um, I'm, I'm, uh, what's the word I'm trying to think of? I'm pleased with the defense. Uh, again, I, I do have some worries about the soft coverages we were playing today. We, we did let the Raiders move the ball quite a bit today. Um, and when Casey comes to town here in what, three or four weeks, it's not going to be an easy game. So I hope we, again, I'm looking ahead too, a little too far, but still, um, that's something I'm concerned about. But other than that, great team win, uh, moving forward to the Giants next week. Uh, not getting too high or too low, guys. All right. Bye. Yusef, always appreciate hearing from you. Uh, you are jumping out a little bit ahead, but let's let's rewind to the beginning of your call, and let's talk a little bit about Tom Brady. That was the talk. There were reasons that people were talking that way. Maybe some truly believed that Tom Brady was a washed-up guy at 43 years old. There were some that just didn't like the signing because their favorite player or their favorite quarterback was being shown the door. There were others that thought that this was a short-sighted move, that you don't sign Tom Brady and expect your team to have long-term sustained success given his age. There are people that doubted his ability to play because the Patriots had a rough year last year and Brady didn't look his best in 2019. I think all of those doubters, other than the ones that have their own personal vendettas, have been silenced with the play of Tom Brady this year. Jeff Darlington on Twitter, at Jeff Darlington, put out an interesting tweet talking about Tom Brady. And he brought up the 2007 30-year-old Tom Brady. You know, the one that was on the New England Patriots team. They went 16-0, and ended up losing the Super Bowl to the Bucks' upcoming opponent, the New York Giants. In 2007, Tom Brady, record-setting year, 50 touchdown passes on the season, 70% completion percentage, 9.1 yards per attempt, and 122.6 passer rating. 2020 Tom Brady, 72% completion percentage, 9.4 yards per attempt, and 123.0 passer rating. Let's take it one step further. Through the first seven games of the 2007 season, Tom Brady, 7-0, 2,125 passing yards, 27 touchdowns, and two interceptions. 2020, Buccaneers are 5-2, 1,910 passing yards, 18 touchdowns, and four interceptions. There is nothing washed about Tom Brady. There is nothing noodly about his arm there is nothing to make anyone believe that tom brady isn't every bit as good as he was four five six years ago is he 2007 tom brady no no he's not but who really is he's got the better completion percentage he's got the better yards per attempt he's got the better passer rating but you go back to that 07 team 50 touchdown passes in a season. That's that's ridiculous. He had a couple of five touchdown games. He had a six touchdown game. The guy was absolute nails all season long. The Bucks don't need him to be that. The fact that they have a four and a half to one touchdown to interception ratio out of Tom Brady so far this year, that's what you want. 
that's what you need. That's what's winning games. That, and of course, the defense. I'm not going to discredit the defense. Don't attack me on Twitter. This particular call was about Tom Brady, so that's what we're looking at. Because it didn't matter how good the defense played down the stretch last year, the Bucs kept turning the ball over, and they kept losing football games. It's just how it was. But Tom Brady's doing exactly what you brought Tom Brady in to do. He's winning football games. He's protecting the football. He's keeping defenses guessing as to who he's going to utilize in the passing game. This past week, it was Scotty Miller. Who's it going to be against the Giants? I don't know. Could be a Tyler Johnson night. Tyler Johnson could end up with a buck 15 and a touchdown. Tom Brady's going to throw to whoever's open. That's what he does. Yeah, when he had Randy Moss in 2007, Randy Moss was always open because he was Randy Moss. You could say the same thing, mostly, about Mike Evans. But Mike Evans is out there running around on one leg. And he's getting double covered in the process. If you had a 100% Mike Evans, something that Tom Brady has not had this season, you know, it's easy to forget that Mike Evans was injured from week one on. It's been a couple of different ailments, but he's been hurt all year. Yeah, if you have a 100% Mike Evans out there getting double covered, guess what? Mike Evans is open, and Tom Brady's going to get him the football. But right now, the team is finding, finding success despite the injuries because Tom Brady is hitting the open guys. Yeah, just like any other quarterback in the league, he's forcing the ball a little bit. He's force-feeding Gronk just a little bit. But Gronk's starting to get hot. That's a connection that he's comfortable with. You know, he would force feed Justin Watson on occasion. He would force feed Chris Godwin on occasion. But more often than not, these decisions and these passes are good ones. And they're resulting in big plays for the Buccaneers. That's what you want to see. So all the offseason Tom Brady's washed up. Tom Brady's a noodle arm. Tom Brady's this. Tom Brady's that. It's just flat out not true. And Brady's proving week by week, as he continues to get better week by week, that all of the doubters, all of the questions were flat out wrong. We had the conversations you know, numerous times on social media, on talk shows, good morning football, first take, undisputed, whatever. Was it Tom Brady? Was it Bill Belichick? After week one, the Patriots were 1-0. Cam Newton was looking like vintage Cam Newton. Brady and the Bucks were 0-1. Got smacked around by the Saints. And everyone was like, oh, there it is. There it is. It was all Bill Belichick. Through seven weeks, the Buccaneers are 5-2. Tom Brady looks like a 35-year-old version of himself. The Patriots are 2-4, and, and Cam Newton got benched for Jerry Stidham. And he said on WEEI Radio, he being Cam Newton, that if he plays like that again, it's going to be a permanent benching. Things are not great in New England. Things are not great in Foxborough. So you want to know, was it Bill Belichick? Was it Tom Brady? I think through seven weeks, we can very confidently say it was obviously both of them. It was the way they worked together. It was the way that they approached the game together. They created all that success in New England. Belichick does not have that with Cam Newton right now. He may not ever have that with Cam Newton. But Brady seems to have a form of it with Bruce Arians. And that's what you're looking for. 
That's what you need. All the Bucks need is an opportunity. And the opportunity that they have right now is they are a 5-2 first place in their division football team getting ready to play on Monday night football against the atrocious New York Giants. That's what Tom Brady's brought to this football team. There's nothing washed about him. Yousef, I appreciate the phone call. I appreciate you uh, setting me up to go on that little rant. But we have another call to get to. Speaking of New England, speaking of Foxborough, always a favorite of mine, Ty from Boston. What's up, boys? Ty from Boston. Uh, one word comes to mind that's satisfying. It was a great win on the road uh, in the Death Star. Satisfying for Bucks fans to see them beat Gruden uh, and the Raiders. You know, Brady continues to haunt Gruden. Um, you know, I was reminded by the Denver game when we said that that was a game that we should have won because their team was so banged up. Well, it was kind of the same thing. They had to piece together an offensive line. Uh, they lost uh, alignment uh, to ejection. And, and really, that's a game that you should win, and they did. And I think that's satisfying. Uh, it's also pretty satisfying to see the, the, the final score come so close to the 0-2 Super Bowl score. Uh, but today we did it with uh, offense to defense, and that really leads to two key observations for me, one being that Brady looked great, found a lot of different receivers, became the all-time touchdown king, and just overall had a great game. It looks like he has a hold on the offense, and he's definitely not washed up, like many people would say, and I'm sure New England wished they had him today. Um, I think that he this was a player of the week type, uh, nominee type performance. And the second observation is that uh, Gruden and his coaching staff worked wonders with the offensive line. And I think everyone was thinking, you know, oh, man, like this Tampa, beat, Tampa Bay defense is going to pick apart this offensive line. But, um, you know, I think David nailed it on the head when they said that they weren't just going to collapse. They're going to get the job done through the air, and they did. And uh, a lot of teams would have collapsed uh, without that offensive line, and they, they still managed to be competitive. So they lost, but I was really impressed. So overall, satisfying win. Uh, let's take this momentum and uh, beat the next team that we should beat in uh, New York. So, go Bucks. Tyler, always appreciate the phone call, brother. Love to hear from you. Um, look, Las Vegas is a good football team, guys. Las Vegas is a real good football team. The Bucks got the better of them. You, you have to tip your hat to them and commend the way they played. Tyler, as you pointed out, Gruden got that coaching staff to get that offensive line ready given what the Raiders went through last week. They only lost one of their starters because of all of the off-the-field issues. But then they lose another starter in the game for a stupid mistake. And that offensive line was still giving Derek Carr plenty of time. Now, of course, I mentioned it on yesterday's episode. There were quite a few missed holding calls. But there's going to be missed holding calls on, on every game across the NFL. I'm sure the Buccaneers got away with some holding calls. I haven't gone back and rewatched the game, but yeah, it, it's something that happens. There's something really nice about seeing your football team win the games they are supposed to win. You go back to last season, the Buccaneers were supposed to beat the New York Giants, and they didn't. Like, flat out, that's, that's what you're supposed to do in this league is you're supposed to win the games that you're supposed to win. You're always going to end up losing a game that you shouldn't. But usually you counter that by winning a game that you shouldn't in a big upset. As I mentioned, last year the Buccaneers should have beaten the Giants. The Daniel Jones-led Giants. They didn't. 
the following week, they should not have won in Los Angeles against the Rams. But they did. They beat the brakes off of them. That was the, it might have been the highest scoring game of the year. I don't know. I can't go back and and do all that research right now. But there's going to be games that you should win that you won't. There's going to be games you should lose that you'll win. But good teams win those games that they should. And coming up against the New York Giants, this is a game without question the Buccaneers should win. And I'll say this before we hit the break and I give my my closing thoughts here. I don't know about you all, but I am extremely worried about this game coming up on Monday night. Not because I think the Giants are going to upset the Buccaneers, not because of the game itself. I am terrified of a team like the Buccaneers, who are already banged up, especially at the receiver position, but a defense that plays with such speed to play on that turf at MetLife Stadium. That turf might be the worst in the entire league, and it it's like the stadium is possessed by some career-eating soul that wants to injure every player that sets foot on it. I'm worried. All I want to see, I don't care who gets touchdowns. I don't care if it's the most boring game in Monday Night Football history and the Buccaneers win 3 to nothing. I don't care. I want to see the Buccaneers come out of there with a win and without any injuries because I am very, very concerned about that turf up at MetLife Stadium. Coming up in just a minute, we are going to wrap things up, and I'm going to give my thoughts on the signing of Antonio Brown. Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast, James Yarko here, flying solo, David Harrison, well-deserved night off, and look, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into this on tomorrow's episode. We have a big guest lined up, very excited to, uh, to get them on the show and do exactly this, Kevin your voicemail is coming. We want to discuss it with our guest. So I'm not going to get into that aspect. I am going to give my reaction of the signing of Antonio Brown strictly from a football perspective. This move by the Buccaneers, I, I'll be flat out honest. I did not like the move when I saw it. Now, I had a crazy work schedule. I slept up until about 9.30, 9.45 on Friday night because I had to be at work at midnight. So I slept through all of this going down. I wake up, I see the news. My reaction is, why? Why would you do that? I, I really did not like the move, but I've had some time to think it over, listen to some people talk about it, read about it a little bit, hear the coach talk about it. Look, from a football perspective, you have a receiving core that we built up all offseason about how great they are, how deep they are, all these weapons that Tom Brady has. Mike Evans has been hurt every single game. Chris Godwin has missed three games this season. Scotty Miller has been playing With a groin injury, Justin Watson has missed games. O.J. Howard is out for the year. Rob Gronkowski is just now starting to get back into form. 
Tyler Johnson missed almost the entire offseason. He's still getting up to speed. This move from a football aspect is the most no-risk, all-reward, safety valve, in case of emergency move I've ever seen. And from that aspect, it's the smart move for the Buccaneers. I love what Bruce Arians has already come out and said. If he's not a good teammate, he's out of here. He doesn't like the things that we do or the way we do them. He's out of here. He's got something coming up in court in December. We're going to let the system do that, you know, do their jobs. Depending on the outcome of that, he might be out of here. From Antonio Brown's side, we saw one of the most downward spirals I have ever witnessed. From the way he forced his way out of Oakland to joining New England, but then leaving again and allegations and Instagram live videos of him yelling at police officers and just it was a huge mess. But again, I'm going to bring it back to the football aspect. I'm not diving into any of that off-field stuff. I'm just laying out the picture here. Antonio Brown is one of the most talented wide receivers we have seen in the last decade. And he was a guy that literally had it all. He was the best receiver in the NFL. He was setting himself up for a huge payday. And then everything went to shambles. Antonio Brown is playing eight weeks of this year, possibly playoffs as well, to save his career. He is using this as an eight-week audition for 30, we're going to say 28 other teams in the NFL, 29 if you want to include the Buccaneers. He's not auditioning for the Steelers or the Raiders or the Patriots. Those ships sailed. He is going to be on his absolute best behavior. He is going to be a model teammate. He is going to be a model player. He is going to be a model citizen off the field. Because if he's not, he's gone. And I don't just mean from the Buccaneers. I mean from the NFL. Every other GM and owner and head coach in the NFL, all eyes are on Antonio Brown in Tampa. What's he going to do? What stunts is he going to pull? Or did he get a wake-up call? Does he understand now the severity of the situation he put himself in? And is this someone that we could potentially bring in next year to get us over the hump? If the Buccaneers have a rematch with the Green Bay Packers in the playoffs and they win by four points in that game-winning touchdown, is Antonio Brown. You think Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur are sitting down afterwards and saying, you know what? Love Devontae Adams, but Marquez Valdez-Scantling ain't it. Alan Lazard, he's okay. What if we can get A.B. in here for one year? Let's get Antonio Brown for one year to line up opposite Devontae Adams. Who's going to stop us? If the Buccaneers were to eliminate the Seattle Seahawks in the playoffs, the other team... That was all all signs pointed to Antonio Brown joining Russell Wilson and that Seahawks offense with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. If the Bucs are the ones to eliminate him, do they say, look, we were an Antonio Brown away. 
from beating the Buccaneers and going to the Super Bowl? Can we get him back in here on a one-year deal? A.B. knows all this. He's not going to do anything to put that at risk. He knows he's on his last leg, he's on his last strike, whatever you want to call it. So if he screws up in even the most minute way, his career is over. He's talked about how much he wants to play with Tom Brady. He was all excited to go to England and play with Brady. He got one game out of it. You really think he's going to walk into that locker room and not take advantage of the situation he has now been placed in? Bruce Arians already said when he comes in here, you know, the first stop is at my office. He and I are going to have a discussion. And Antonio Brown knows what that discussion is going to be. Otherwise, he wouldn't have signed on the dotted line. He would have said, you know what? No, I'm going to go play with Russ. I don't want to deal with Bruce Arians. I'm going to go play with Russ. This is not only about getting his wish in playing with Tom Brady like he wanted last year. This is about saving his career and pursuing a Lombardi trophy in the process. Now, all that said, that was from the football aspect of things, and that's where I'm going to leave it for now. David and I will get into that discussion more on tomorrow's episode with our guest, but for now, I'm out of time. Please check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast on your favorite podcatcher of choice, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Addict. Wherever you find your podcast, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And if you feel it necessary, we would appreciate any and all five-star reviews you would like to send our way. It helps other Buccaneers fans find us. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DHarrison82, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to each other. And we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.